Good morning. Wow. I actually got some sad, sad news to start with. Oh, yeah. I have to speak shorter today. <laughs> so I'm really sorry, just leaving, giving you a heads up. So um, I'm just going to say something amazing, and then um, you'll be wowed. And then, then Trent's going to come and share something uh, as, as the Liberty Update, I guess you call it. So stick around for that, but we want to finish on time as well. And don't forget your kids. Don't forget to check out your kids on time at midday when we finish. I think sometimes um, you guys go to lunch and come back and get in the afternoon. So <laughs> it's a little bit hard on our uh, ministry team leaders. So, you know, love on them. Wow. So, yeah, I'm really... Um, enjoying this journey that we're on as a family. Yeah. I think, ooh, there we go. <clears throat> There's a bunch of stuff going on right now, you know, you might have noticed, and um, that's creating tension for us right now, and, and both on an individual level and a corporate level as us, as a whole family, and we're all processing, processing things differently, Right? And corporately, we're processing this stuff, but we're moving forward as a family, amen? Yeah. We're moving forward as a family. And um, often we don't like tension, um, but, it's, but it's tension, but it's intention that possibility exists. You know, it's, it's intention where the victory of Jesus gets an opportunity to manifest. It's in, in, in that tension that, there's the possibility for the victory of Jesus. It gets to manifest. And it's a little bit like love. Uh, love. Love demonstrates its greatness and its fullness only in an environment where there's an opportunity not to love. When you think about that, love gets to, to put on its greatest display only in an environment, really, where there is an opportunity to have lovelessness. <clears throat> and so... The victory is where we're going to choose to put our perspective, amen? In the middle of tension, we're going to put our perspective on victory. And, and so it's in the middle of this tension that we're going to get to grow, that we're going to get to discover more about what it means to be family. Wow, freaky. Um, what, you know, not just the ideals of what family should look like, but we're going to get to practice it. And that's a big thing. Intention, we get to practice, practice doing this thing of family, you know? In all its messiness, you know, in all its mistakes. Uh, and we need to have grace for each other in the middle of that, don't we? Because we don't always get it right. But really, without the tension, we don't get to practice it. We can just talk about the ideals of it. You know, it's important that we keep saying yes to the things that define us as a family. And so one of the, the significant things that defines us as a people is the name that we placed over the door. Don't look at these doors because they have the wrong sort of message. <laughs> okay, the thing that doesn't define us is not exit, you know. Um, it's liberty, you know. It's a st this is the statement of, um, this is the statement of, this is what we're for. This is what marks us, and this is what we have said we will be championing. This is what we've decided, this is going to be what is going to be the, the thing that our house is going to champion, which is liberty. 
And if you didn't know, it's actually biblical. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, now the, spirit, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm assuming that's where our name was inspired from. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And where liberty is, there is the Spirit of God. So where the people of this family are, his presence is made manifest. So right now, you know, just in the blink of an eye, boom, his presence is right here. It never left. The blink of the eye didn't make his presence come. But, it, but we actually chose to engage and chose to set our mind on his being with us, dwelling with us. Just like, take five seconds. His presence is right here. Wow. So good. Think about this for a moment. You know, where the people of his family dwell is where his manifest presence is. His manifest presence. His tangible presence. You know, when we gather together on Sunday to celebrate, and we meet in each other's homes, and our connect groups, spelt with a K, you know, we meet up in coffee shops, you know, and um, in the meetings we have with our ministry teams, our Sunday shared lunches, aren't they flipping awesome? You know who enjoyed the last one we just had? We've got another one. You know, they're great. You know, as, as, a, as a people, as a family, as believers, um, as carriers of his presence, we bring with us wherever we go an atmosphere of freedom. An atmosphere of freedom. That's what you carry and it's just not when we're together. You know, this extends to when we're in our community, when we're in our workplaces, when we're in the mall, because it's not limited by your GPS location. It's not limited by your GPS location at all. It's only limited by what we think of the Godhead. Get that? It's only limited. The manifest presence of God, wherever you are, is only limited by how you perceive God. And what I know of him is he is holy, but he's a holy God who is saturated in, the, in fatherhood. A father who co-labored with a son to restore worth and value to humanity, setting captives free, forming a family of sons and daughters whose job it is to say yes, to see heaven on the earth, you know? Liberty is people, and where his people are, there is liberty. Did did someone make a sandcastle this week? You made a sandcastle? I thought someone over here made a sandcastle. I think that's awesome. I don't know what that's about yet. (laughs) wow (laughs) so random oh I feel like you're a Buddha there's creativity in you I think God's um, bringing you into a new season of creativity and building 
And the thing about creativity is we always, we default to art. But creativity is actually about having a mindset of possibilities, of being able to dream, perceive, conceive, and birth. And so I feel like that there's a season for you of actually entering into more of that, of, of dreaming, of seeing, perceiving, and then, and then bringing to birth um, something from creativity. I don't know what that looks like, but I think it's flipping awesome. Yeah, so all the best with that. <laughs> okay. Good morning. <laughs> I have to get back to where it was. <clears throat> okay, so liberty, or in other words, freedom, is really this amazing invitation into living from possibilities. And I love what Apostle Paul says, and he's, he's really talking about freedom here. He says that all things are lawful, all things are lawful, not awful, but lawful, um, but not everything is profitable. And this is the guy who used to be able to boast of about obeying 613 different laws. You know, this, is, this was all about doing things that gave him a sense of self-righteousness. And now this guy, Saul, who's become Paul, a man completely impassioned for Jesus, is saying that my freedom, my freedom that I have in Christ really only has any worth when, I br- when it brings and adds value to someone else. My, my freedom only has worth when I, when I use it to add value and va- uh, worth to someone else. <clears throat> because I think freedom should be partnered with family. I, I think just as the holiness of God has to be partnered with the fatherhood of God, I think freedom has to be partnered with family. And I think one of the neat things about our freedom in Christ is that it opens the opportunity for us to say yes to family. Because to say this is default would mean you don't have freedom. To say that you, um, because you have freedom, you are now family would be, wouldn't be freedom at all. But to say you are now free and now you're free to choose family is the practice of our freedom. So by being in Christ, we're, we're already one body. Who knows that? You know, and we know that. We know verses like this. So Romans 12, 5. So we who are many, and we are many, are one body in Christ. Put your hand up if you're many. If you're many, you're one body in Christ. There you go. <clears throat> but there's, there's power in our ability to say yes that makes this an experiential reality. And it looks like this. There's, there's a truth that we're seated in heavenly places. Who knows that? Ephesians 2, 6 says that we've been, the Father's raised us up with him, talking about Christ, seated us with him, Christ, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And there's another great one. We're a new man. All, these, all things have been made new. You know? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. These, these, are, these are heaven truths. Who knows that? <clears throat> but we still live in that tension where we don't always see that truth manifested on the earth in our present reality. Who feels like that sometimes? Who sometimes feels like an old man? <clears throat> <laughs> I 
Was that you, Bev? Wow. Oh. Does that mean you're more compassionate within now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excuse me. But we still live in that tension where we don't always see that truth manifested on the earth, right? To, in our present reality. But Ephesians 4 adds language to this. And um, this, is, this is in the context of the victory of Jesus. In the context of the victory of Jesus is that we lay aside the old and Ephesians 4.24 and put on the new self. We lay aside the old and we put on the new self. So we have a, we have a responsibility to action something in our freedom. And it, it is an ability that we only have in Christ. Because in pre-Christ, you were in bondage. And now you're free. Freedom's opened the door to where we get to say yes to a whole bunch of amazing things. We get to say, yes, I'm seated in heavenly places. Yes, I am a new creation. Yes, the old man has died. Galatians 5.1, you know, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject again, do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. So he's given us freedom and and we receive freedom freely. But then we have to do something with it. We have to do something with it. We have to manage our freedom. Um, If he does it for us, it's not freedom. You know, the scripture talks about that he, he, he set us from one dominion of darkness and he brought us into the dominion of bondage. No. You know, it's the, into the dominion of the kingdom. Into the dominion of kingdom. Into the dominion of his presence and his goodness. And so then we have to make a decision. What, we, what are we going to do with this freedom, you know? There's something really powerful in us being able to dream about what is possible in Christ. There's something really powerful about us being able to dream about what is possible in Christ. You know, in Philippians, Paul, Paul makes this little line, and it's, you can easily read over it, but it really jumped out at me one day. And it's just, just in the middle of all the stuff he's, he's saying, and he says, if it's possible, if it's possible, that one little statement I thought was flippant awesome. Because he's not, he's not questioning probability. I think he was putting a demand on possibility. Paul's like, this is not a question. This is Paul saying, I'm putting a demand on what's really possible. I'm going to get everything I can while I'm in the body. While I'm in this flesh, while I'm in this life, while I'm on this side of whatever the thing's going to look like, you know, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab hold of everything that Christ has made available for me. You know, our, fr- our freedom in Christ empowers us to say, I'm going after that. And I like the way um, Second Corinthians is written in the Message Bible. So this is the verse that's talking about his yes and amens. You know, we sing the song about it. And the Message Translation puts it like this. Whatever God has promised, and this is 2 Corinthians 1.20, 
Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen. Look at this, God's yes and our yes together. Isn't this a great translation of this verse? God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. I think that means something manifested. There was something about the the synchronization, the synergy of our yeses that led to something manifesting. There's something really powerful with the declaration of yes. It's an agreement that causes what is true in heaven to be true on the earth. That's all it takes is one statement, yes. Do you say hell yes? Hold yourself. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, You know, Apostle Paul was a, a visionary. He was running after all that he could see, you know. In Philippians 2, he's encouraging the church uh, with an amazing challenge. And this is the message translation again. As you can tell, I think there's some amazing... The way the message translation puts some of these verses is absolutely amazing. There's some verses that aren't so great, but read lots of different versions, you know. Philippians 2. If you've gotten anything at all out of, out of following Christ, if his love has, has made any difference in your life, what a challenge. If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, that's us. That's liberty. If being, put, put our family right there. If being in a community of liberty means, means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Now, some translations say, complete my joy. What a, what a, way, to, what a way to like be growly at them, but also encourage them to say, complete my joy. <laughs> and then he goes on, agree with each other. <clears throat> Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweat, uh, don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. And look at this, forget yourself long enough. Not saying forget yourself, but forget yourself long enough to to make someone else valuable. That was the Pete translation. The modified message translation. What Paul was dreaming and what he could see is that we should look something like this. This is what Paul is basically saying, that we should look like this. One accord, a people of one accord. (laughs) You're going to remember that now, aren't you? (laughs) They always sound good in my head. I never know until I speak him out. (laughs) Okay, shut your eyes for a moment. Assume the position. 
Wow, you guys are well taught. <clears throat> dream what this can look like. Have a dream right now. What can this look like? What, what does it look like when we say yes to this? And we have to dream it. You know, you can only say yes once you see it. So we need to dream it. We need to dream possibility so we can see it, so we can say yes to it. What, what really is possible? What really is possible? In Christ, what does a community of believers look like? How far can we really go with this? And then after you can capture that, after you can envision that, there's a question that only you can answer. And the question is, will you use your freedom in Christ to say yes to that? Will you use your freedom in Christ to say yes to that becoming a reality on the earth? We'll use your freedom in Christ to say yes. Powerful, eh? We should be dreamers. We should be dreamers. We're free. We're free to, to we're free to imagine all possibility. And then say, yeah, I'm going after that. I'm going after that. I want to see that in the land of the living. Because I can tell you now, you can't dream something greater than he already has for us. You can't dream any bigger than he's already dreamt for you. Man. The other, the other day, um, our daughter Jess excitedly told us that she'd been accepted into the GNT class at school. And I thought, wow, they're going to sit around drinking gin and tonics. But <laughs> <clears throat> I thought, man, school's changed a lot since I was there. <clears throat> but um, she explained to us what GNT actually meant, which is gifted and talented. And I thought, flip, wow. You know, this, this, they have a class that recognizes gifting and talent. They take, the, they take kids that have a natural ability in drama and art, and they provide a platform or, a, or an environment for them to recognize their gifting. Amazing. The, these kids learn to appreciate their gift, and they learn how to grow it, and they learn how to use it well. You know, in a world with so much political correctness, which, you know, doesn't apply in this house, and, in, you know, in a country where we, we do suffer for the whole tall poppy syndrome thing, this is a school who's actually championing kids that have got these gifts and these talents to nurture them. I mean, it's just amazing. They've been courageous. That's courage. 
celebrating gifting, but in the same time, nurturing them. Nurturing them to, to use these abilities well. And I don't know about you, but becoming, becoming aware and valuing my gifting has been a slow process. You know, it was this, this thing that happened with Jess just the other day when she was sharing about her G&T thing that had me looking back and thinking about my own journey. And so my background, if you don't know, is when I left school, um, I did go to school, <clears throat> but when I left school, I originally trained like in hand-drawn character animation. So computers weren't so common then. They were around. Um, but So this was traditional-style hand-drawn animation. And so art had been a big part of my life. Um, my dad was kind of a hobbyist painter as well, so I think there was just sort of something inherited. But when I was an intermediate in Form 1, which is really interesting because this is the year that Jess is in, whatever, I don't know, is that year 7 or 8 or 12? I don't know. Yeah, 7. Okay, yeah, so year 7. <clears throat> What's really interesting is when this situation happened for me is actually the same year she's in right now, and she stepped into this G&T class. <clears throat> and so what happened to me in Form 1 is I remember I had my very first art lesson in school. You know, they sort of, you go around and you do different things, like you make a pencil case out of wood and things we probably most of us have all done. And I recalled that one, in this lesson we had to draw out our hand. We had to, we had to hold up one of our hands with, with the other hand, sketch our hand. And, um, and so I was sketching away and the art teacher came up behind me and she looked at my work for a while and then she grabbed my paper, screwed it up and chucked it in the bin. And she goes, no tracing. She just watched me draw this thing. It was a crazy accusation. And I replied that I hadn't traced it. And she just said to me, if you're so good, you can do it again. She walked off. Yeah. You know, threatened by giftedness. What a crappy atmosphere, you know? <laughs> she was convo- uh, you know, c- cultivating an environment where gifting wasn't allowed because it threatened her own insecurities. I'm not bagging her, you know? There, there is a funny story around her. <laughs> oh. Let's just say another person in my class broke her. I shouldn't laugh, I should actually... I've forgiven her, so I love her now. <laughs> well, I loved her before I forgave her, I should say that. Now, I, if she's still alive, I wish her the best. <laughs> so she was, you know, <clears throat> I remember I, had to, I then tried to draw this image again. I tried to draw it again, and I couldn't. It was just rubbish. Something was missing when I was trying to draw it again. <clears throat> and it, it's actually now only after all these years. This is like 29 years ago. I'm older than I look, that I have language for this moment. It's only now, 29 years later, that I have language for this moment. And that was that I attached a lie to a gift. And so it was not that I lost the ability or the gift, because you can't lose your gifting. You can't attach a lie to it. And the, the lie that I attached to it meant that I lost value for my capability. The gift was there, but my... My ability to believe in my capability was gone. 
And so what I created after that day was okay. You know, I started doing a lot of cartoons instead. Now, cartoons are great. I like The Simpsons. And, but, but my cartoons that I was developing were not what you'd call people-friendly. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. They were pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in Pekaranga, so come on. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It became such a problem that actually um, I did a drawing one day of a, a non-people-friendly drawing and um, the teacher saw it and took it. And then I ended up in a very special detention, <coughs> um, which was really hard because I think he thought it was funny and he kept it. Anyway, I'm running out of time, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. But you know what? People loved these cartoons, and they became my identity. And it got so bad, you know, that the teacher catches me doing one of these cartoons, and I end up in this detention. And so it wasn't, it didn't, it meant that my gifting was not allowed to function in a healthy way. Amen? It served negativity. It served negativity because it was nurtured in an environment that didn't allow it to flourish. <clears throat> so I want to propose an idea of, or paint a picture of what I think freedom looks like or could look like in the context of family. You know, I think it's a, um, I think it's a place where people can embrace their giftings and their talents that they can courageously boast in their ability not to define themselves but as a way of expressing their identity and nature in Christ. And that's important. That's part of that nurturing environment. That's what allows a healthy perspective on our gifts where they don't define us but they get to express who we are. Where not only can they take these gifts but that an environment flourishes where they can start to refine them in a place of family. Surrounded by loving people who will champion cheering people on. Who wants to be like a champion cheerer of people around you? You know, so that they can excel in all they've been gifted in. You know, what, what could that look like? These are the things I'm dreaming. You know, these are the things I'm saying yes to. And I choosing to use my freedom in Christ, to champion possibility. What really is possible? And I'm really, believing, um, I'm really believing in this family thing. There's something really on it, and we need to respond, amen? We need to respond. We need to action something so that what's in heaven is on the earth. And I want to explore how far we can go. How far can we go? What, what can I see in my lifetime? You know, what are the children in this church going to see in their lifetime? <clears throat> Man. Let's, let's be a people who embrace our freedom in Christ as a way to add strength to each other in family. You know, a family of his presence, 
family of his freedom, where people are valued, their giftings and their callings recognized and celebrated, unashamedly celebrated. Wow. We shouldn't be afraid to, to allow people to do well with their gifts and their talents, you know? Yeah. Why? Because we believe in identity in Christ, you know? And we want a healthy, nurturing environment that allows people to run well with what they have. You know, with this lady, this art teacher, I then realized the other day that I should, I should deal with that because I've, I've thought about it off and on for years. Um, but I thought, man, I don't think I've ever intentionally forgiven her. So, you know, it was like, actually, I'm going to own this situation. And what that means is I need to, I need to repent for owning and believing a lie. So I just like, God, I'm sorry that I believe that crappy lie, you know? And I forgive that lady. I forgive her. And I bless her. I bless her with just a great encounter of your goodness. And now, Father, I ask that you would come and replace that lie with your truth so that my perception around my, this gift, this root, would be healthy, would be nurtured, would be able to flourish, would be able to be a thing in my life that boasts of who you are. Wow. We can turn things around just like that. Let's be a place of courage where we can take hold of these things, eh? Let's champion being a cheerleader to those that are around us. You know? Because when the person next to you wins, you win. Because you're many but one body, you know? It's, it's not a competition. We're running the same race. That we'd be knitted together in one accord with each other. Let's all hop in the same car. It's, you know, and in that, coming from that, we get to boast in him like Paul did. He gets the glory. He gets the credit. Yeah, let's stand, eh? Close some gaps around you. If there's a gap near you, fill it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> we kind of did this last week. Just put your, hold the hand of the person next to you or put your hand on their shoulder if you don't want to hold their hand. Could, could, yeah. If you've got slimy, sweaty hands, wipe your pants first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is getting interesting. Okay, everyone, run to the left. No, don't do that. <laughs> no, yeah. <clears throat> this right now is us being one accord. Wow. This is 
Right now, this house is full of people who want to dream. So right now, Holy Spirit, we ask, uh, if, there is, if there has been a lie that's been released that has hit one of our giftings and our talents, right now, he's going to remind you of a scenario. Because everyone here has got giftings and talents. Even if it's just sweaty hands. Wow. And so you're not going to deal with all your problems right now. But if he is reminding you of your something, you know, deal with it. Repent. Own it. Repent. Forgive. Invite truth. Redeem. Because you weren't just saved. You were made whole. You were restored. Thank you, Father. Father, we just thank you for the people standing to the left and the right of us. And Father, we just choose to acknowledge the gifts on their life and the calling on their life. (sighs) And Father, we bless them right now. We bless them right now with the ability to run well. Father, that we would build a nurturing environment that allowed people to run well. That we wouldn't push down, but we would lift up those that are around us, Lord Father. And Father, just we, we choose to exercise our freedom today. And we say yes to possibility. We say yes to family. We say yes to, to, to running this race together as a family. And we say yes to grace being woven right through this journey. That we would walk with, with grace and forgiveness towards each other as we learn how to do this well. Because it won't be instantly perfect this afternoon. But if we've said yes, we've already won. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And everyone says yes. Yes. Woo. (laughs) Cool.